Hey, Paul, you played on one of the all-time great college football teams at SC. What was the atmosphere like in the tunnel before every game for you and your teammates? The crazy thing is, everyone on that tunnel knew before we walked out on the field that we were gonna win. Welcome to Through the Tunnel, a Game Change Productions podcast that dives into sports and the life lessons that can be learned from them. The podcast is inspired by the book of the same name, written by Game Change co-founders Paul McDonald and yours truly, Jack Barrage. On the show today, Paul and I discussed the Trojan Championship teams that he played on and their deep belief that when they came through the tunnel, the result on the field would be a victory. Paul explains the work they had to do to develop that belief. We hope you enjoy the show, and please check us out at GameChangeNation.com or on one of our social media pages. So Paul, how important is self-belief in in life and in everything we do? Self-belief is critically important in manifesting what we want. Because we may have the talent, we may have the skill, But if we really don't believe that we can accomplish what we set out to do in whatever endeavor we're going into, we won't be as successful as we could have been. So you, again, have played on one of the great all-time teams at SC. How did you guys build that belief? How did it start? It's easy when you're on the field and you're up a bunch of points and everybody has belief when they're winning. But uh, how did that belief start, let's say, right from day one of training camp? Practice, lifting weights, running, running routes against air, throwing, catching, film room, interactions with all the players, holding each other accountable, right? right? Leadership, leaders developing and elevating on the field and holding the other players accountable and that chemistry that evolves. And then then you have a, you know, that leads to maybe a good practice one day and then you have a really good scrimmage and um, and, then, and then you start the season, you have a, a good game and you win, you want to know, and then you, you just build right. on that, right? And there's an analogy for that in life, which is that I think people just, it's not like flipping a switch, oh, I, now I believe in myself. It's you, you do the little thing, which leads to the next little thing, and as you build up on these things, then the confidence starts to slowly grow. And so that self-belief isn't self-delusional belief, because there are people who are delusionally self-believing. Sure. Oh, I'm going to be a you know, Rocket champion scientists. or whatever, and they're never <laughs> going to be because it's just something they, it's this fantasy they've yeah. made up for themselves. Yeah. But it's really kind of little by little doing the work. Would, would you agree with that? Or is that how you, is that what you meant by what you guys were doing at SC? Yeah, but when you start, for sure, because if you don't have that when you start, um, you'll never have these small successes that compound on one another. Right. And that leads you to be, you know, the team or the individual that you can possibly be. And uh, gosh, I remember when I was first recruited uh, and signed a letter of intent at USC, I went to all the spring practices and I went in the film room and started watching film before I ever showed up on campus uh, and did that all summer um, uh, before, uh, before training camp started. And, uh, you know, those are the things, the building blocks that allow you to um, have those little tiny successes right. and build belief a little bit at a time. So maybe in the film room you see something uh, and it finally clicks that you are able to translate it onto the practice field where you finally make that right reading, get to the right receiver. Uh, It's those things that give you confidence and then the coaches give you confidence, right? In validating uh, your actions and how you're performing and how you're playing. Uh, So it's all these little pieces that come together 
that uh, evolve into the self-belief, which is hugely important. Yeah, and there's a saying, practice like you play and play like you practice, which is like if you really take it seriously, then um, your, your game will actually be an easier experience than the practice was because you practice so hard. And then when the game comes in, it just becomes all about almost like muscle memory because you've done it so many times, it just comes right out of what you, you were doing in practice. And that's the issue with sports or anything entertainment oriented, right? Singers, dancers, right. When you're gonna be on a stage. When you're on a stage, okay, you gotta do it now. Right. Okay, you've got all this practice time, you gotta go do it now, go do it. Uh, people, some people have a hard time with that. You know, right. everyone's watching, this really matters. Whereas if you're, it doesn't matter, you're more relaxed, it's okay, hey, we're just having fun, it's easier to be relaxed, but when you have to go do it. That's where the repetition and all that stuff right. that you just mentioned is so critically important. Right. Uh, because then when you get out there and play, like I, I recall trotting onto the field nervous, you know, before every game. Yeah, that's natural. Yeah, natural, right? It's kind of that adrenaline, that uh, anxiousness of, you know, you want to perform, right? This is the moment. But once you get the snap from center right. uh, and have a couple plays, you go, okay. Yeah. Or getting hit, just getting knocked around, and that just gets you get you relaxed, into the flow. Gets you in the flow. Now, yeah, most, the people, flow. most people going through life aren't going to get hit, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, yeah. So I like I'll, I'll I'll create an analogy for myself when I've done a little bit of public speaking in my life, and I've had moments up there in front of a f group of folks where I was terrible. I was nervous and I couldn't really get across the point I was trying to make. And there are other times when it flowed, you know, and I felt really good about what I what I said and how it came out. And I think the common denominator from the ones where I did well versus the ones where I didn't do as well is when I went up there and talked about something I was very comfortable with and really knew the subject matter and wasn't trying to stretch into things that I didn't really know that much about, it came out, right? And even if, you know, I, maybe sometimes a lifetime of preparation came into that moment when I was talking about something I really knew about. But when I would go up and try and talk about it in a way or about something that I wasn't perfectly familiar with and I hadn't really maybe done my homework, now I'm up in front of a group of people trying to figure it out as I'm in front of this group of people and it just inevitably would kind of fall apart. So I think that's kind of in a different way the same idea which is when you do the preparation, however that preparation is, is, is done, you're just gonna end up performing in a much better way and that's in sales, that's in sports, that's in really anywhere where you're gonna be up in front of a group of, a group of people. I um, was asked to give the scholar-athlete response at the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame annual awards banquet at the Waldorf Astoria in front of 2,000 people, a black tie event. Wow, and you were what, like 22 years old? Uh, 21. 21. Yeah, yeah. it was after, uh, just before I was 22. Wow. It was right after, uh, actually before the Rose Bowl in December um, of uh, 79. Yeah. And so I was back there, Coach Robinson, my dad came back, a massive event, Chris Shankle, you know, the iconic, uh, broadcaster was the master of ceremonies. Right. The dais was, I mean, you had, I don't know, 100 people up there from, you know, generals to congressmen or whatever. And so give it credit to John Robinson. He introduced me to a speech communication professor named Ed Bodakin. And Ed spent some time with me to pull out of me what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. Right. And just worked with me on that. And so I crafted the speech with his guidance and I memorized it. Right. It's about a two minute speech. I memorized it, which you're not supposed to do. Yep, I would say don't you're do that. You're not supposed to do that. Yep. 
right? Because you're not natural, it doesn't flow. But I had a cold. Right, because you practiced. Practiced it. I practiced it. Right. Practiced it. Even up until the time I gave the speech. Right. I was in my room practicing it, right? And I got up there, delivered it flawlessly. Right. Chris Shankle's first comment after, you know, I, I was walking to sit down, he says, Great job, Paul. And did you notice he did it without even a note? Right. I had my paper there in case right. I got stuck, but you I didn't never go down and start reading. I never it looked down. Right. I always looked. Right. That's to your point. Preparation. Yeah. If you're prepared for those big moments, you can do it. Yeah, and I think the big point of this is is bottom line is this: is self belief is something that we all know is humongously important, and I think people uh, get caught up in it and as a, in this sort of mysterious thing of developing self belief, and really the self belief, in my opinion, comes from everything we've just said, which is when you prepare, when you do the work, when you do the work, when you do the work, now you it becomes confidence. natural yeah, and you get confidence. And then that's where the self-belief comes from because you know you've, done, you've put in the work. It's when you dream it up but then don't do in the work that that, that self-belief crumbles because there's no foundation underneath. Yes. You, you do need the foundation. Uh, and then when we look back on those teams, which is how we started this conversation, right. 1978-79, when we walked through the tunnel, I looked to my right, I had Ronnie Lott, I looked to my left, I had you know, Marcus Allen, Charles White, and Anthony Munoz, and Keith Van Horn, and Brad Buddy. And, and those dudes did the work, back to the thing. We they did the work. all did the work. We all pushed each other, right. and because we were so talented on both sides of the ball, when we practiced, it was like, in many respects, uh, more challenging than the game itself, right? So then when we got to the game, the game was like, hey, this is fun, this is yeah. great. I think it's an important thing for, uh, for uh, people who are maybe more talented than their peers to understand that they set the tone for the rest of the group because people are looking at them as the star, and it could be the star salesperson in a company or a star athlete on a team or whatever, is they have it sort of, they have to be held accountable because if they're not held accountable, then who else is gonna be? But if they're held accountable, then everybody else will be because they're the star, right? And that's kind of what you guys had going on was like, how could a third stringer not work hard if Ronnie Lott's busting butt every day? We had so many superstar players. You know, there's uh, I think three in the NFL Hall of Fame on that team on the 79 roster and four in the College Football Hall of Fame on that 79 roster, yeah. right? So we had all these stars, but we had no stars. Right. We had no stars. Because they showed up every day, there was no entitlement, there was no like, uh, I got this thing, uh, I'm, I'm cool, all that. No, because they know they would call each other out. That, that We had so many guys, right, that no one could take. It's the, the issue is when you have maybe one superstar, Right. on the team and everyone else is like kowtowing to that yeah, person yeah, yeah. and then that person becomes sort of entitled and I can do whatever I want to do, I can do no harm uh, unless they're evolved, yeah. unless they're evolved. So yeah, the belief uh, will take you to you know, heights that you could never have imagined if you can combine them with your passion and your gifts um, and it takes time to build that belief. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Through the Tunnel. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It'll really help others who love sports and the lessons they provide to find the show and together create Game Change Nation, a community that is dedicated to lifting each other up. Also, we'd love to hear your stories, so please visit GameChangeNation.com or any of our social media pages to give us your take on sports and life. And finally, check out our book, Through the Tunnel, which is now available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.